Like, I guess the question is, how much thought do you give it? Um, what's an what's what's a synonym for zero? What what is what do you think about the most, and like what consumes your day and thought? I'm just curious because you do listen to a lot of, you know, documentaries and, um, yeah. I don't know, and you're involved in politics, at least political discussions, uh-huh. political. So, what consume? What if you had to say aside from work, what consumes your thoughts? Aside from work, or you can throw work in there. I guess put it in order. Yeah. Uh, huh. Well, unfortunately, I'm a little embarrassed to say it that I think work honestly consumes most of my bandwidth. But about well, every- that's probably normal, though. I mean, most people spend a lot of their lives eight work eight alive awake hours at work right yeah eight hours a day yeah and a short period on your weekends and which is hard to just turn it's like we talk about going on vacation it's like it takes me three days to get clicked off of work you mm-hmm. know and so your weekends are kind of an extension of work and then by the time it's like sunday afternoon and you're fully unplugged it's time to almost plug back in so work for sure um i reflect on my own um trajectory a lot like am i taking necessary steps to be where i want to be at various points in my life like Am I where I want to be in five years? Am I where I want to be in 10 years? Like, am I on the right trajectory? Do you have that written down? What's that? You know, where you want to be in five years. Where I want to be? Like, oh, like goals and things? Yeah. So then if you're reflecting back on it, are you just going, dang, I missed that? Or yeah, I got there based off of what? Uh, Hmm. That's a good question. I guess like, I guess I, I'm, I'm worse at time frames. Like in terms of, I make moves in life towards things that I want, mm-hmm. but it, it kind of, I'm an opportunist. Like I do it when it's right. Like when I, like for example, buying my house, I was like, well, I, here's the analogy I gave my wife. I said, Lynn, what I'm going to do is proverbially point my gun into a field and I'm going to look down the scope. And if a trophy buck walks right into my crosshairs, I'll pull the trigger. But if it doesn't, we're not getting a deer this year. And that was my analogy for buying this house. It said, these are the parameters. Mm-hmm. And if everything lines up, I will move forward. But the second I hit a hurdle that is like makes it not plausible, I just will disengage at that point because it wasn't that important. I didn't want to stretch myself. Well, too I guess thin. that works for your house, but I mean, other yeah, but things. it works. It works for other things. Like I feel like, um, you know, say, well, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. It wouldn't well, be a show if you weren't interrupting me constantly. Thank you. Uh, I was thinking your ultra marathon. Where was that? How was that a trip? Yeah, that's back? a that is a really good example of. Uh, I was like, huh, I ran five miles today i didn't know i could run five miles and it wasn't really that hard so i wonder if i could run eight and then i ran eight and i was like okay i think i could actually if a, um, the minimum ultra marathon is 32 miles i think i could run 32 miles with the minimal amount of training or it was some training so then i just started thinking about it and then the first time i uttered the words was probably one year in advance of actually doing it and my wife was like yeah you can't, definitely can't do that just very kind of like yeah no you that's too much for you and then it was a little spark of a challenge where I go, oh, I'm leaning into this now. So I tested myself a little bit more with the running. And then eventually I was like, well, the only thing that's going to get me over the hurdle is to sign up for it. And if I get in, because there was a waiting list, it was like 100 people long. If I get in, I that's will go sign. through with it. Yeah. And I uh, got in. And so they made me wait a long time. They made me wait like months before they accepted me. Did that make you want it more? Oh, absolutely. Exclusive? Oh, absolutely. I was like, please let me in. I feel like whatever business or uh, social club or whatever you develop, having exclusivity to it is huge. Like we should, we should implore this in our podcast and just say, Hey, you know what? Sorry. We limit it to 30 listeners and that is it. And you have to, you know, you have to listen to the other crappier episodes before you earn your way into the episode. And one guest per year. Oh, yeah. And you have to go through certain rigors to get to, like, mm-hmm. you have to put your name on a list. You have to be considered, you know, maybe something like that. It's 30 true. wouldn't be enough. It would have to be like, we're limiting it to the 500. We're, listen- we're limiting it to 500 <laughs> listeners. And then people are like, well, don't you want more? No, we just want quality listeners. <laughs> yeah, I want good <laughs> listeners, not not your run-of-the-mill listeners. Right. We want listeners that are going to spread the good word about us, not trash talk us. That's true. It's true that es- exclusivity 
is like alluring to people even when you don't care like have uh-huh. you ever like in the ultra marathon is kind of an example where i was like why do i care so much i don't but the longer they made me wait the more i was just like frothing at the mouth to go <laughs> run 30 miles my friends were ran a lot of nike events and they were telling me about an event they were putting on and they said yeah oh we came up with this great idea we came up with this vip area so after the run you meet at this tent and we have beer we have just different giveaways and you're trying on different nike products but we created this vip area and all we did was put ropes in a couch and you had to get like a special uh, ticket to get in the vip area and it made people feel so awesome and we just gave them out to like certain high ups there to give out the tickets going well you can go to the vip area yeah and it was nothing but ropes in a couch no that's true and that's like when we put on that um lotus event at the uh at, i don't know was it pir i don't remember where it was at yeah but it was like an in, uh not indycar a formula one race and there was people surrounding the track and then we you were like oh i want you to make a vip area and i was like I, what do i do and you're like just get some red ropes man <laughs> and then people were like what's over there i go oh it's a vip area and everyone was very interested in it see it's psychology yeah, yeah that was smart true. of me i'm glad that i did that <laughs> that's so true i didn't think about that yeah yeah, people do. They do. Want I probably that. stole that idea. I, I probably wasn't original, but I've I, I've held on to it and I think about it a lot. Anytime you see that, and it, it's more so that I can tell other people too. If I get into something VIP, I go, I got you in. Oh, that's awesome. Marshall has the hookup. Uh-huh. You know, that's what I want to be known for. You want to be that guy. You want to yeah. be that guy. No, I, I in that moment that. in time, I do. I can see that with you. I going back to your question though. It's interesting because you harp on people about writing your goals down, but. A, I've heard you write goals down, seen you write goals down that you didn't accomplish, right? And and so, huh? So for example, okay, go ahead. Uh, your little fitness challenge that you had in your note section. Oh yeah, okay. At the beginning of the year, you didn't get that, and that was one that I go. I'm gonna let this play out because could I go run 15 miles? I'm like probably, but I don't really want to. I mean, I wanted to, but it was like it didn't take over me, right? Yeah. And, and you I were, told you what messed me up there. I had a hernia. Yeah, but you were, didn't you say, like, I'm not really sure what that was? And I'm not sure what that was. But here's, and then I didn't you tell, resolve that, like, and, 10 days into the month? And this is really good. I, I, I'm going to break this down for you, because I, I feel like you're... You have dis- it written down? You're discrediting this. Yes, and I got to go back to it. <laughs> um, one, the first month in, I got that hernia problem. Whatever it was, it felt like my, my pelvis was about to just fall out, okay? <laughs> fall out? I don't know. <laughs> like a carport? <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then, two, the second time when I felt better... I got the stupidest crink in my neck, which I, I told you about. I did nothing wrong other than turn my neck slowly when somebody was talking to me. And it hurt from my neck all the way down to like my buttocks. That's oh, how bad okay. it was. But- and then it took forever to heal. And then it's like I'm, in, I'm so nervous now because I'm at that age where I just feel like anything that I do is going to hurt me. Okay, but here's all you are now because you, you're the guy who's like, Mr. Write it down. Okay. Oh, cool. You have goals. Did you write them down? And if they don't, if the, this person didn't write them down, you immediately discredit them or discount them. Yes. Which that's a you thing. Thank you. But that's here's a, the, here's the funny thing. It's just a me thing. But that's it fine. is a you thing. Okay. You it's love a to me do it. In addition to because other the thing. second no one I've ever met before asked people instantaneously, did you write it down as the immediate follow up to you, at, you say it as if I'm interrogating somebody. I just go, Oh, did no, you it's write not it interrogation. Down? I don't it's go, a, did you write it down? It's one question. And yeah. I can see in your eyes after knowing you for however long I've known you that you discount this person to negative zero in your belief that they'll ever achieve any yeah. of their goals. If Correct. they didn't write it down. Meanwhile, you're writing goals down and for the most uh, ridiculous reasons, not accomplishing them. And now you're sitting on this podcast before my very eyes and everyone else and you are making excuses, no, okay. which here's the analogy. It would be like a person going, yeah, I want to own a business by the time I was 30. And you would go, oh, well, why didn't you? And this is the analogy of your little neck crank thing. Oh, some things got hard, so I just couldn't do it. I get what you're saying here. I get it. But I didn't say I would accomplish every single one of my goals down. Okay, I will accomplish. I have a higher percentage of opportunity for accomplishing them when they are written down. Okay. That is, based on what math? That is based off of... Uh, you didn't do the math, did you? That's based off of statistics, sir. People that write their goals down have a higher percentage of getting them accomplished. Now, then the next step is mapping them out a little bit. Now, I have not accomplished some of them, but I do, excuse me, on a regular basis, write down my goals different than that lame workout goal, okay? 
Lame because you didn't accomplish it. That's I, it. But I'm going to, you know. That would have been in your hierarchy of best goals met if you had been like, I wrote it down and I accomplished well, it. Well, I accomplished a lot of the other things on that goal list <laughs> that I could go over with you if you want me to. But I don't care about those, though. But, well, you only care about the one that I didn't that do? That you wrote down and you didn't accomplish. Okay, well, I am telling you, I am accomplishing 90% more than other people just by having them written down. Because you're calling me on the one that I didn't do. Eh. I'm just saying, I've only known really of the one. And I shouldn't and have made didn't. an excuse for it, because all you, that did was give you more ammunition, so that's that's. My and bad. you didn't accomplish it, so I don't know any better. I mean, it's the tip of the iceberg as far as I'm concerned. Let me tell you what I do. Okay. Here's the thing. Aside you, from you, that... You've accomplished a lot in your life, which is great, and I applaud you, sir. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many of those things you wrote down, though. Oh, this is what I'm trying to tell you. Every five years, I have, a, I have a goal list. It's on my phone. You can check it. I have verifiable proof that I do this because I give it to somebody all the time. And they look at it before 25, before 30, before 35. Now my list is before 40. Okay, Those are the goals I have. Mm-hmm. Now, I do not think it's fair to say you have to accomplish every single one of those on there because sometimes they shift and they change. Like I had one on there that I wanted to write a book. Well, I really was hot to trot on wanting to write a book. I'm not as excited about writing a book now. Why? I don't know. I just, do, you, do you feel like your um, the content that you believe you had in your head that was so valuable when you made this goal has diminished? And yeah. now you're like, I don't really have that much to say? Yeah. Do you feel like this podcast maybe diminished it a little bit where you're like, I say everything out Oh, loud. that's interesting. No, I just think that the ideas I had for the book, I go, I don't know if anybody would actually care about those. I thought of them greater in my head. And then throughout the last couple years, I've met some people who I go, you should write a book. You're mm-hmm. better at writing a book. Mm-hmm. Me, on the other hand, I don't think that's my skill set. And it's not something I should try to play to. I, I'm going to shift that one to something else. Yeah, well, I guess in a way the a podcast could be a substitute i mean you probably didn't have a goal. audiobook yeah it's like it's it's like uh it's like you know daily meetings versus a formal review hmm. yeah yeah all right well i don't know i don't even know how we got on that i don't know either but stupid but let me just say this goal. i that's what i think about most of the time i think about you know because i think any major goals are broken down by a thousand micro steps and you have to be conscious. That's every... why writing them down is important because right. there's a thousand micro steps. But you know, there's a lot of people who I don't think put as much thought in every day about what they're actually doing that day and how it's helping them in, in the future. I think that I think that's one weird area where people think I'm super future oriented. They're like, quit living in the future, man. Like, be present, be here, be with us now. True, I am a little bit that way. I can disconnect from the here and now, focusing solely on the future. But a lot of the things that I do that even you give me a hard time for, like going to bed early and working out relatively religiously and taking vitamins like an old person. Those are things that I go, if I can accomplish these steps every single day, I will be that much closer to my goal in five years, right? Or 10 years, which is better health not to be, I don't want, I fear aging and getting old. You fear aging? Uh, yeah. I fear what about that, it do you fear? Your, your looks, no. your health, dying? I never really fancied myself a particularly good looking person. So that's not ever been a big <laughs> concern of mine. Um, uh, but just like functionality, you know, it's like, I enjoy watching people who are like 89 and still, uh, you active. know, active and like spry. I want to, I want to keep my brain active when yeah. I'm old. I think that is a part of aging properly. You know, those people that retire and then they, you know, they just die earlier because yes. they didn't keep themselves active. Well, whatever that is, you know, that's why I see myself being involved in the business a lot. Did I share with you uh, how I think I look story? No. Okay. Well, I... How you think you look? Yeah. How I think I look. I I think of myself... You know, I'm a pretty confident person. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. And I think very highly of myself. Correct. Okay. These weren't questions. These were statements, but okay. And and when I... In case anybody wasn't clear, I'm I'm sarcastically agreeing because it's almost cringy how much you enjoy yourself. Uh, Yeah. All right. So... I just have a high level of confidence, and when I go out in the morning or for my day, I get dressed, I do my hair, and I go out and I go, I look good. That's that's how I perceive myself. Uh-huh. I look good, I look put together, and I am in a top-tier attractive person. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I look at myself in the mirror and I go, oh, 
That's what I look like. <laughs> oh, so what, dis- what distinguishes is, the two versions? I I I just look at it and I go, oh, that is kind of you, Marshall. You're kind of fat in some areas. Like you're you got a double chin that doesn't look very good. Your hair is a little off today. You're kind of balding. And and then I I walk away from the mirror and, and I lose every sense of what just happened uh-huh. that I don't look good and I get my self confidence back because I can't see myself in the mirror and I go, yep, I'm good looking, huh? That's interesting. Uh-huh. So, you know what? I think so much, and this is really a, sort Just of... Just glad a, there's not a lot of mirrors around. Yeah, this is a really kind of a nihilistic viewpoint on on this whole situation, but I feel like there is some kind of... People are either blessed chemically or not blessed chemically in terms of like how much... I don't know what the chemicals are, like dopamine and serotonin that their brain produces. Those sound like real things. And the people who whose brains produce more, regardless of what they look like... Regardless almost of what their skill set is, they just have a higher level of like confidence and mm-hmm. self-image. And that is a blessing because like you, for example, I, I would argue that, and this is going to sound harsh. Well, oh, <laughs> be careful because you're usually so gentle on okay, the show. I'm putting on my kid gloves here. <laughs> yeah, right. I think that you are like, I'm going to be generous and say 30% substance. And 70% of what makes Marshall Marshall, which part of that is being successful, which I grant you, is you just have this really bloviated like view of yourself. Bloviated. Bloviated, yeah. And that's it. That's your that's your makeup. And that but you're successful. And you pull it off and you convince people that that you are what you are. And and listen, I don't know what is reality and what isn't, because like you pull it off, so it must be reality, right? Well, I think there's some, there's some, there always has to be something that is true, right? You can't just be somebody who fakes it all the time or that comes to fruition. People will go, oh, I see through that, right? I don't think I'm a person where people go, oh, I see through Marshall. I I don't, I don't think I'm that kind of a, a fake person, but I do have a high level of confidence and there are some things that people try to bring me down. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. I have my friends who tell me that I'm balding and I go, no, I'm not. I have a full head of hair. But when I do get a haircut and they show me the back of my head and it's all wet, you know, (laughs) I go, dang, it is balding. That sucks. (laughs) And it's a it's a little demotivator for me, a little notch. When they tell me I look a lot like Jim Gaffigan, Mm -hmm. that is not a compliment. Just so you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody ever tells you you look like somebody. But when they compare you and go, oh, no. Does anybody ever tell you you look like a, a kind of a fat, older, balding person? Mm-hmm. That's what Jim Gaffigan is, right? Anytime he's not someone fit, relates you to a comedian, I always go, oh, no, I don't even know who the comedian is, but, but he's a comedian. Do like, you know what Jim Gaffigan is? I do, like? yeah. yeah okay. Isn't that what your uh, your Instagram profile or something? I, it's him and Chris Bratt mixed together. Yeah, yeah. And it looks just like me, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. It yeah. really does. It's kind of crazy. I know. that my, my kids, the Chris Pratt I would take because I feel like that's... Oh, he's a good looking dude. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but so the, good on but you. The, the Jim Gaffigan, I go... Thank you. But I if mean, you were a combination of both, that's not so bad. No, it really isn't. I'm, I'm okay and as far as one. talents go, I mean, Chris Pratt is conservative and he's an actor and he's good looking. And then Jim Gaffigan's really funny. So, yeah. And uh, Jim Gaffigan's a Catholic and Chris Pratt is a Christian. I am right? being mostly facetious because the reality is you do actually bring a lot more substance in that. But sometimes you give off the vibe to me that you're that you are 70 percent peacocking and that gets you by that. that yeah, let's reverse that. I think it's probably. 30% of the bad thing you said, uh-huh. 70% of the good thing. Maybe, maybe. Because nah, you, uh, you, you, yeah. do, you do have good ideas. I'll give you that. I mean, I don't think I would be employed by you if I didn't really drink the Kool-Aid a little bit with you and go, all right, you know. I don't think I could work for somebody who I didn't ultimately respect and go, I think you have better ideas than I have, right? Yeah, so that's, that's good. good. That is good. Um, but I think the reverse of that is that a lot of people, we've talked about this before, they feel like they have to have everything too figured out and they lack the self-confidence to just go for it. Mm-hmm. And I think that is their, like, I think there's a lot of people in life that could achieve a lot more than they do if they just, they just do it, set aside their fears and just did it. Isn't that the Nike slogan? This will go right into what I wanted to, yeah. what I kind of texted you about a topic tonight, but that, that slogan, I'm not sure where just do it. It did. It just kind of die. I haven't heard it in a long time. Just do it. But that is a great slogan. Yeah, three words, very simple. Just go for I, it. I was thinking though, like less. I was thinking more than just it's three words and it's the simple. Number of words. I was thinking, you know, yeah. Rather than talking about it so much, uh-huh. just do it. 
Mm-hmm. Just stop talking about it and just do it. It's kind of like when people go, oh, yeah, I have to have everything in order before I have a kid. Yeah, okay, well, good luck with that because even I feel when attacked. you think you have everything in order, a kid comes and you thought you what you thought you knew is not the reality, right? Yeah, that's true. And I, I learned that lesson the hard way because I thought I had the gotcha moment by waiting until I was however old I was, 34, 35 to have a kid. And then I was like, okay, my career is in good shape. I own a house financially stable, got money in the bank. Ha, gotcha. I told you I should have waited. This is great. I feel great. And then I had a kid and then COVID happened. And then I was like, oh, well, you can never really tell the future. Yeah. See, never be fully prepared. And it does work out, I'm sure, for some people, right? Well, I was, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, I think it's a myriad of questions actually, but all centered around uh, marriage, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't know. What did I text you? Are you, are you, uh, can I ask you this? Um, oh, you said uh, married life? Yeah, married life. Maybe that's what I said, because I had a lot of thoughts about married life. Yeah, yeah, married life. Uh, I never think, I, I don't think I ever asked you this. You are obviously a believer in the institution of marriage, but like, to what degree are you a believer in the institution? Do you, do you feel like that's one of the most important things that people can do? Do you believe there are people out there who ought to not get married? Because there's a lot of people out there. I know one in particular, mutual person that we know, who was like, um, I don't know that I ever really want to get married. And this person's probably in their mid-30s, so I feel like they've had enough time to marinate on the idea to be convicted. Do they have a like significant other? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but they don't, they just don't, they're one of those people who's like, why do I need to get the government involved? Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, thing. I think I know who you're talking about. Um what was the question? Like, like are I, you a believer in the institution of marriage that it's like, I believe it's everybody should get married. Yeah. 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 No, I don't believe that. And well, well, that's a tough one. I think everybody should get married. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, if they make the choice not to, I wouldn't cast judgment on them. You know, there's a lot of what I believe is based off of my fundamental foundation of, Christianity, right? Mm-hmm. And when you study the Bible, so I'm going to get into this for you. When you study the Bible, it talks a lot about God's intentions. And God's intentions are between one man, one woman. It talks about being married. It talks about being fruitful and multiplying the earth. That is one of the things that God wanted for us. He mm-hmm. wanted us to multiply the earth. And the only way you can do that is by having children, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it is littered throughout the Bible. Now, when you get to the New Testament, One of the greatest apostles ever was Paul. We know him very well, and he chose not to be married. And he talks about it in one of his letters, and he says, you know, it's better to not be married. And if certain circumstances, if it's going to cause you to sin and do different things, you know. So he chose not to be married. So there, I think there's an argument to not be married and to dedicate your life to, you know, a good purpose. But I, I would, I would try to encourage people get married. So. Fast forward to, that's great for Paul, the apostle, the greatest yeah. apostle ever that ever lived. Well, I don't know. I, I didn't mean the greatest. I, I, a great apostle. A great. He's a great apostle. Yeah. Fast forward to uh, your friend group, your immediate circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who is a good candidate to not get married? Who would be a person who'd go, yeah, I'm with you. You don't need to get married. Uh, my immediate friend group is all married. Okay, I'm then, sorry. Then extend Do I misunderstand one, the then question? Ex- extend one layer beyond <laughs> that. Go as far as you need to go in order to get to a point where you know somebody who's not married. I, what I, would it take? I don't know that there... I, man, that's a struggle. I really think you should be married. I, because you and I talk about this a lot, right? If you're going to fast forward your life and go, I'm 65, 70 years old, whatever. And you're just by yourself. I mean, uh, that that's a... That's a tough future to look at, isn't mm-hmm, it? Mm-hmm. And you you want not just a spouse, but I think more important than a spouse, you want kids. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna skip over the spouse. I'm gonna go. Yeah, it's important to be married, but I think it's more important to have kids. Mm-hmm. It's super important to have kids because that's how you carry on your legacy. That's how you carry on your um, your well, I, I guess legacy is the best term, but your belief system. It's um. It's what can take care of you when you're older, mm-hmm. you know? And the only way you can do that really is by having somebody to be married to in order to have that kid. I mean, I guess you could argue that you could have, you know, something inserted in you, but then you're not growing up with the um, proper mm-hmm. 
educational services, which are a man and a woman educating you. What do you say to people? And I know I get a lot of backlash for that one, but I am a firm believer. Yeah, hey, we needed some, we needed that, we needed that. I am a firm believer that females bring something different to the table than males do, and they both complement each other. And if you ever watch The Amazing Race, you ever watch The Amazing Race? No. I mean, a large part of the winners are male and female teams because they bring something to the table. Every time you see them do a challenge, you, they kind of pick who gets to do the challenge. And if it's ever like a looking challenge, you got to look for something. I go, well, pick the girl. I mean, the guys mm-hmm. can't find anything, right? Mm-hmm. We can't. When we go look for something in the fridge or something in their purse, we can't find it. So go send the girl. They mm-hmm. they have compliments. That's a very simplified version, but. That's true. So what what would you say to, I guess, um, you know, the, the people that, and again, I, I'm, I'm with you. I believe in marriage. I ultimately decided to get married because I do see the value in it. And I've come to my own conclusions, which we could talk about that at, at a different time. But there are people who would argue marriage is not a necessary state to pass through in order to have the things that you're talking about. I don't need to be married to have a child, technically, right? You and, need to be married to raise that child with the appropriate education. Okay. And so for the And people, when I say education, just for clarification, I'm talking about how a human being is supposed to operate in life. Okay. I'll get into that in a minute because I'm curious about that. Okay. But let's say mom and dad, not married, have a child, and I'm this person arguing that this is an acceptable outcome because they parted ways amicably. There wasn't like abusive relationship. They just said, hey, we had a kid. It didn't work out. We weren't married. We're, we, we broke up. They both got with significant others, and those significant others turned into great people, and they went on about their way and maybe they didn't get married to those people either, but they were in a long-term committed relationship. And I would argue that maybe that kid can be raised in an environment where he can go stay with dad's house and dad's new wife or dad's new girlfriend. And that can be an acceptable outcome. Do you like, what is your argument against that? Well, I don't have an argument. I don't have an argument against that. That child can be successful and grow up and, and understand the world properly. My argument would be that is not the design Sure. Not the optimum outcome. That is not the design God intended. And that is not the optimum outcome for that child. And I think statistics would prove throughout whatever circumstance you put a child in, there is a higher success rate for a traditional family of a married man and woman who are non-divorced, mm-hmm. raising their children. Yeah, that's that, true. That is a statistic that will hold, tr- has held true and I think will continue to hold true. So... Would I condemn those people? No. Would uh, do I think that person can be successful? Yes. Is it ideal? No. Yeah. Hmm. That's fair. I think that this person who I'm talking about is. I I believe firmly that there are some people who put the appropriate amount of thought into marriage, getting married, not getting married, having a kid, not having a kid, and perhaps it is for them whatever if they choose not to get married and not have a kid. I think that one thing people don't do well, which circling back to the beginning when you said, what do I spend a lot of my time thinking about? And I said, I think about what am I doing today that could benefit me in the future? Am I wasting my day away, right? Is the reason I had a kid, and again, just for anybody who doesn't know how anatomy works, when you say you want to have a kid, that means it's minimum nine months, if not a year, until you actually meet this new child. Mm. And then you meet this new child and it's a little blob, right? That doesn't immediately give you much in return. It's just needs... Very needy. Very needy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Cries a lot, needs a lot of things, doesn't look you in the eyes, sleeps all the time. There's no immediate reward to it. So you're talking maybe a year and a half, two years until you as like the dad figure, particularly, because I think dads are different than moms, are getting like a real sense of, okay, this is what fatherhood is like and I'm getting something out of this. Uh, But I argued that the reason I decided to go ahead with it anyways despite that fact, was because if I thought oh, oh, about... Were those all negatives? Those were all negatives. Oh, I didn't realize that. No, these were, these were things where <laughs> okay. I was like, okay, having sex? Sure, that's great. But then what? <laughs> then you go through... This was awesome. Oh, not, I'm sorry. Now we have to... Yeah. Put, we have a kid because of it? Nine great. months of intensifying worse wife situation, right? She's more uncomfortable and, and just more unhappy with life and her physical condition. Then childbirth is rough and Plus, scary. I don't know where you're at with that, but... I mean, when my wife was pregnant, I just have this phobia of having sex with my wife while she's carrying a baby. Uh-huh. And I go, I feel like I'm going to poke it. Poke it in the and, and then she's like, that's not how it works. I don't care I don't how know. you think it works, but I'm not going to do it. Okay? I'm not doing this. I, I refuse. <laughs> 
And then, uh, but I, but my argument was, and I tell him this still to this day, I said, you know, it always comes down to me negotiating with future Aaron. And I think what a lot of people don't do is they don't spend adequate time thinking, what does 80 year old me feel about my choice today? Because Mm, 35 year old me is, would I rather not have a kid and just make more money and have less responsibility as life goes on? Sure. In the moment that feels great. But when I'm 80 and everyone is going to get to 80 unless they die a little sooner, they're going to be lonely and they're not going to have a legacy and they're not going to have kids surrounding them as they get old. Right. It's weird when you, I mean, it's funny, funny when you think about marriage and I wanted to ask you some different questions related to that, but you definitely turned it into kids. So this is totally fine. Uh, my life has been this weird, um, well, f- first it's about you, right? You know, it's all about yourself kind of, and then you have kids and you're like, okay, it's kind of about them. And and then my kids are older now, and then it's turning into what happens when my kids are older. I, I mean, I'm all about the grandparents now. Mm-hmm. What am I gonna? What kind of grandparent am I gonna be like? Where am I gonna live? How am I gonna be enticing to for the grandkids to come over? Are my kids gonna get married? Are they gonna have children? How soon are they gonna have children? Mm-hmm. And what if they want to stay single forever? How am I going to convince them they don't need to be stay single so they mm-hmm. can have grandkids? Because I'm a firm believer. I want all three of my kids to have grandkids because that just multiplies the amount of family I have. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't I want that? Right. That's true. Well, I think that goes back again to how you raise your kids. And I think raising your kids in a loving environment where they learn to respect their parents and love their parents, which can happen in any housing situation, whether it's a single mom or a single dad, but it happens a lot with married couples. There's a certain amount of, like every married couple I know raising kids, their kids have a really, hold them in high regard. It's like they, they have a respect for their mom and dad as a couple. As they get older, they want to emulate their parents' relationship and go, wow, you guys stuck it out through thick and thin, and I respect yeah. that. And when they develop that profound sense of respect for you as the parents, I think they do want to reward you with, like, they do think through things like, if I don't have kids, I'm not depriving myself. I'm depriving my parents of having grandkids. I think about that. I mean, I think about my parents. You thought about that? You're oh, 100%. Are you the only, are you the first grand, is your child, Matthew, the first grandkid? No, Adam had Olivia. Oh, that's right. Adam okay. did have Olivia. Which I is, about that. Which is interesting because he had, it was a whoopsie situation and then they didn't ultimately work didn't out. Didn't realize what happens. Yeah, didn't know that first happened time. when that happened. Um, but I was the first one to be married and be like, okay, let's have a kid. And it was planned. Um, and I'm already thinking about a second kid, right? Cause I go, I don't want Matthew to grow up alone, but I'm thinking about my, my siblings who are all in their thirties, early thirties, mid thirties. And I'm going, I don't know if they're going to have kids like my sister and my brother. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if they will. And that's kind of sad. Cause you want, I mean, think about Christmas time and how, how much fun holidays are yes. and when you can bring your spouse that that's like a turning point, right? When you first bring your spouse to the the family functions, uh-huh. and then you bring your kids to those family functions, and then the kids meet their cousins. I mean, those are all really fun activities. Yeah, right. Well, in the reward of like, okay, you have a kid. It's been great. I'm having enjoying it so far. But every time there is a holiday, and I have siblings who don't have kids or kids of you know Adam has Olivia, different age. I kind of go, man, I wish all of you guys would like, kind of like crank out a kid right now because then Matthew would have a bunch of little, you know, siblings of similar age to to run around with. And and honestly, I don't know if that's going to happen. Crank out a kid right now as if you could like hurry Just, it up. Come on, man. Crank you know, it hey, out. Hey, if you could do the express route, uh, typically it's nine months, but the way that we do it, we this could is rush the kind of goal you don't have to write down. You could just go do it right six now. Six months. Yeah. yeah. Just do it. But you, But here's the interesting your actual text to me earlier was married life. Yeah. And I realized I've gone on a terrible you, tangent. You went totally down children. I didn't have any, I wasn't talking about them, but that's a, a, a great benefit of being married that some people like don't get either. Right. I mean, yes. they just, they don't have the ability to, um, they have to try really hard. Me and Rachel, we've never really had to try. It's like first time. Same. Boom, you know, I actually was kind of thinking there'd be a little more of a fight for it. I was like thinking, okay, we do this a bunch of times. Like, nope. Hey, what do you mean by trying? We just One do and we yeah. have kids. It worked out exactly as like 13, 14 year old Aaron thought it would work out. Like I was like, oh crap, if you have sex with a girl, you're having a kid. And then as I got older, I realized a lot of people don't have that kind of luck. And right. then when I was ready to conceive, it happened exactly like that. They're like, try- they're like 
figuring out their ovulation and going, okay, yeah. we have to have it at this time of the month to make sure we have. Have you, you know, heard? And it becomes a chore. And oh I've my heard, gosh! I've heard sex becomes like not enjoyable because it's a chore at that point. Just going, well, we just have to try to have this kid. That's, I question. That's awful. I question whether I could even perform in those circumstances. <laughs> if it got boiled down to like, I think God made man. In a way that they can perform in any. If I boil down to an ovulation so, calendar, and she were like, "Okay, get get over here," I, I don't know. He man. thought way ahead of that. He's that, like, "No, nah, it doesn't matter." You're like, "No, I'm not into that." Okay, fine. I am. Okay, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how long have you been married, though? Just out of side note. Yeah, eight. Well, it'll be eighteen years this summer. Eighteen years. Yeah. Holy moly, dude. Yeah. Not only that, I've known. I mean, we're high school sweethearts. Uh, we dated for five years before we got married. So we've been together for 23 years. Wow. Yeah, we we know each other pretty dang well. So that's interesting because I think that this day and age, relationships, you don't know many people who have relationships that long other than, you know, people who I think, I don't know, the people who I think of who also have relationships that long are all pretty devout Christians mm-hmm. who have put effort into it. Something about you that I know you do and people in your group do is things like marriage counseling. You guys look at that as like a necessary part of like the pruning of a relationship. I think there's a few things that you've got like one. Uh, yeah. Marriage counseling is a good one to just kind of put you both back in a what both back into like a center of, we care about our, we care about each other. And I don't just mean counseling. I mean like seminars and things like that. But there's also, you know, they always talk about date nights. Date nights are hugely important, especially when you have kids. And Rachel jokes about that, like when, but we do spontaneous date nights and they're mm-hmm. fun and you've got to, you have to do those. And I think more importantly, like what I'm trying to be more conscious of is not being on my phone on those date nights. Oh. I love to go on a date night and just observe the other people that are on dates and go, you are miserable. You're just on your phone. You uh-huh. two are talking. You guys are like, there's just, it, it's so much fun because people don't know how to date. It seems like after they get yeah. married. And then I go, yeah, I'm doing it right, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, good for you. I'm glad you recognize that because the you and all other aspects of life is not aware of. When we're dating in the office. You and I? Okay. You, you have your phone. It's very rude. I, I've been so much better about that. <laughs> you no, have. No. Actually, I feel really bad because there's been a couple times in the last couple of days where I can see... Your pupils dart towards your phone as it vibrates, mm-hmm. and then you immediately mm-hmm. you like you mentally override yourself and you crank your eyes back up. And I go, mm-hmm. "Okay, man, I kind of feel bad now." Yeah, I go, "Oh, <laughs> that can't be important. Oh, please." Just but you've done a good it. job of explaining one thing, which is you're like, "Hey, I'm checking this, not because I think it's anything else, but just in case it's just an emergency." And I, and I get that. You know what? My uh, when somebody said this to me on Instagram, they're like, "You don't check texts for emergencies. Emergencies are phone calls." And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> Emergencies are... F- I mean, if something happened to our kids, Rachel would be calling me three times in a row. She wouldn't be texting. Hey, just so you know, something bad happened. Yeah, that's true. But sometimes people will call. And if I'm in, and we talked about this last podcast. If I'm in a conversation with somebody and my ringer goes off for some ungodly reason, I silence it immediately. And if a call is followed by a text, then I know something serious. Because mm. like they tried to call me first, and I'm yeah. like, I'm not call answering. me back asap or yeah, something. Call me, yeah, call me. Oh, I hate that dude. I yeah. think people who know me know that that's my pet peeve. Is we're like, hey, can you call me asap? I'm like, well, what if it needs to be asap? Why? What's happening? What's bad? What bad's going on? That's I, what right. I think. I mean, it could be right. Yeah, is that not okay in your world? No, it is. It just it stresses me out. And then if it's like, oh my gosh, you'll never forget. You'll never you'll never believe what Matthew did. I'm like, really? You got my heart rate pulsing because something silly like that that could have waited. Well, <laughs> going to married life, I just want to know, like, in your mind, how much has changed in your life versus being single versus married? Like, what what do you worry about let, and not worry about? Because there is some non-freedoms, but there's also a lot of freedoms that I think people don't realize mm-hmm. when they're married. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think I think some people... One of the bigger criticisms I get from people about being married is how it will constrain them in some way. It's putting some sort of a formality on something. And I go, the only reason you wouldn't want it to be formal is if you kind of want an exit strategy, right? Right. If you're non-committed. Right. If you're not really that committed. And I think one of the values of marriage is there is a little bit of a box around you. Like there is a little bit of like you're constrained because it's like Jordan Peterson talks about this. 
He said, a game is not fun unless there's rules. If the, if, if the game were like, um, hey, say a word, you'd be like, uh, okay. Six? Six, right. But it's when there's rules in place, like chess. Chess is a good example that he uses. He says, if in chess you could move any piece, any direction as far as you want, the game wouldn't even be fun. What makes chess fun is the fact that there's like heavy constraints on what each play, you know, player can do. And I think that's true of marriage, too. Um so I don't know. I haven't been married nearly as long as you, so I don't have as much insight. But what I can say is, how long I've, have you been married? 2018, so four years. Coming up on four years. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, that is a giant disparity in our. It really is. Man. Wow. It's like we're two different people. It really is. I, and you know what's funny about that? People put you in. People will go, "Oh, you guys are the same age," but we're that doesn't mean anything. Nothing. Right? Yeah, it doesn't because you. Age is relative to married and kids. Yes. Because you could be married just as long as me, but if you don't have kids, we're not on the same level. And I always reference how many kids you have because I feel like that is a huge like distinguishing factor between you and I. I have one kid, and oftentimes you and Kara insultingly laugh at me when I talk about my one kid problems. Yeah. And you guys are like, oh, stupid. And I go, oh my gosh, you guys are so arrogant. I hate it. It pisses me off. But We'll get to, and then you'll be like, oh, okay, everything makes sense. Yeah. Everything will. So what has changed? I would say not a lot has changed. I was always a person who was in long-term relationships, right? I never was like a serial dater type of guy and that's when i was one of those people who early on was like well what do i need to get married for i'm a committed person right and i get with people who are committed to me until i tell them i want them to get out (laughs) until i'm done and then it's over (laughs) and then i'll commit to the new person right um it does give you a little bit more sense of gravity though and you feel like um a when you're making decisions you're making it for not just you and your significant other but sort of like an institution, right? Um, you have more to lose, I guess. It takes more paperwork to break up now. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> that's the reason why. It takes I, more paperwork. Um, it's not worth the paperwork, babe. Let's just stay married. I also think there's a certain amount of respect when people find out you're married. Like, have you ever noticed that? Yeah. The people, it's a status, right? They look at you a little differently when you're married. You have a ring on your finger. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. And you probably relate to that. I mean, you and your brother, you're not too far. What are you, two years apart? Two years, yeah. And he's got a kid, and you have a kid, and his kid's even older, uh-huh. right? But there is different. Uh, there, there's a different status for you because you you're, it shows commitment on some part, yeah. portion. The other thing that I think people don't realize about marriage is there is some freedom in it. One of the things that if you don't take the time to think about it, you and I were talking about this the other day. We were just talking about like, you know, how do you make sure you stay married? And Mm -hmm. it's making sure you're complimenting each other, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you don't bring anything to the table, then the other person can live without you and they will Mm -hmm. eventually, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to be bringing something to the table and you have to recognize what they bring to the table. You can't just ignore it. But I mean, there are a lot of things that I just don't worry about mm-hmm. because I Such go, oh, that's my wife's going to take care of that one. Oh, you know? okay. Can you give examples off the top of your head? Yeah. Tons of examples. Okay. Doctor's appointments. Okay. Uh, well, at any appointment related to medical, dental, vision, uh, not going to be me. Okay. Mm. That's 100% her. She's going to worry about that and she's going to chart it and she's going to take care of it. Mm. Uh, our, our family calendar, everything that's going on, every single kid event that's about to take place. She knows what is going to happen, mm-hmm. and she lets me know. When we go huh. on family vacations, she will map them out. I am I, We've talked about this before, where I am very uh, spontaneous about it, and mm-hmm. she will take the time to look up everything that we can do. That's why she can fit you know, three weeks worth of stuff into one week and go, you pick from what we need to do. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't ever worry about that. But she has freedom as well. You know, I mean, she doesn't worry about finances because she knows I take care of paying the bills or uh-huh. figuring out that portion. Not that we don't talk about it, but, you know, uh, providing for the family or or if there is something hard that needs to get done, if there's something that needs fixing in the house, who's taking care of that? That's her uh-huh. freedom. Uh-huh. She doesn't worry about it. She goes, well, when Marshall gets home, I'll have him take care of that. Yeah, no, that's true. I have that, too. I think that um, we're still figuring out some of those things, you know, because you guys have had nearly 20 years in the, in, in the business. Mm hmm. Um, where is well, I, I, I'm going to say this, it's a recognition of those things. Yeah. So everybody has those. They don't always recognize them. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. That makes sense. I think that similarly, I'm the money person and we, we have tried at certain junctures to be like, Hey, 
you know, it'd be really nice if I didn't have to worry about paying all of the bills and making sure everything gets done. And I delegate that to her thinking, well, let's trial your skills. And then it, 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 it goes fine, but she, I think it stresses her out to the point where she's like, I don't enjoy this, and I just want it to go back how it used to be. And I go, yeah, I kind of do, too. Because I'm honestly thinking, is, like, is my phone going to work anymore? Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you, I I tasked Rachel with this one time, and I looked at our bank statement. I was like, you paid our Sprint bill. It was like $400. What do you, like, why? She goes, I don't know. That was the bill. Go, but that's that's not what the bill is supposed to be. Right. And she's like, I know. I don't know. It was just higher. And I go, well, did you call them uh-huh. and find out what happened? She goes, no, I'm not doing that. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, then you are not taking care of the bills because it is not supposed to be $400. And I would be on the phone right. really quickly going, what happened? Yeah. And they would, and they said something like, I don't know, you went over on something. I'd be like, no, 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 sir, you have it wrong. Knock that bill down. She goes, I would never say that. I would never, I can't, <laughs> I can't do that. And I go, well, yeah. that, that's what you have to have with bill paying because they make mistakes. That's so true. And, and I'm the same way where it's like, I go through everything. I have a thousand websites. I go into the dashboard. I check it. I make sure it's right. I go, if it isn't, I'm on the phone. I'm calling somebody. Um, and I'm really aggressive about taking care of things up front. Like I like to just get things dispatched quickly, like not push them off. Right. Like mm-hmm. financially. Um, she's not that into that. Her her thing is she really enjoys like household stuff. Like she's like she takes complete and total ownership of the house in terms of like, you know, the way that it looks, decor, things like that. That's, yeah, that's another freedom, right? That's her domain, and I go great, do whatever you want to. I don't. I I honestly tell her most of the time I don't honestly have an opinion. I was gonna I put care. a Pulp Fiction poster up, but you know, whatever you want to do, I guess. <laughs> yes, whatever you want to do. I was gonna put up the mask, Jim Carrey classic. No, no, yeah, okay. Um, but yes, freedom, I think is a big part of it. And I think a lot of people, um, link marriage to like you, a loss of freedom. Yeah. And it's strange because I've never felt more free. And an example of that is just like, Lynn's always like, you can go do whatever you want. If you want to go have a drink with your brother or your brothers, or you want to go to Marshall's house and do this, that I don't really care. She's like, you can do what you want to do. And in a weird way, that's a freedom I didn't have before because I feel like there's when you're in a relationship and you're not married, sometimes there's a little more, uh, I think people get a little more self-conscious because there's not, there's not that institution around you. There's not that box around you. It's, it's you and I talked about it a little bit the other day, right? Like I can be fired as an employee, you can be fired at any time, yes. right? It's the same concept. It, well, you can leave me at any time, but once you're married, you feel like there's some, you're bonded. Yes, there's so, something heavier to it, for sure. Yeah, so, okay, go ahead and hang out with them. I'm not as worried about you. Yeah, not yeah. as worried, and you feel that. And I, I feel like in the relationships I had prior, I didn't, I never felt that. I always felt like I had to over-explain things. You know, it's interesting, too, the other thing that they bring, uh, this this is something you're going to get to deal with later on, but my son is 17, and he's getting taller and taller. And <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah, and he's, he's just becoming like a man, slowly before my eyes, right? Uh-huh. And he did a concert the other night he did amazing it was awesome we were coming back on this i saw it by the way really cool yeah he just he crushed i didn't even know he was doing that song he was doing welcome to the jungle and he absolutely crushed it super proud of him but i uh, we were coming back from a road trip and we were fine talking the whole way and then eventually towards the end it was a four-hour road trip and um he started arguing with his sister and he told his sister to shut up and i was like please don't tell her to shut up it's not good and then she was being antagonistic, but he said, shut up again, and you are an actual idiot, is what he said to her, and I, I got really angry with him, and I was like, do not tell her to shut up, and at this point, we're in our driveway, and I'm like yelling at him, he's outside of the car, and we're having this nice yelling match, and I went to, uh, I was like, you need to just go inside to sit down, and then I'll come and talk to you in a minute, and he's still standing there, and then I like physically pushed him just a little bit, uh-huh. I was like, oh, you are a... You're, you're stout. A, you're a grown adult, yeah. kind of. Like, I have... It was weird. You know how your brain thinks really quickly? And you're like, I have not very much time to be able to do this with you. Like, I can push you around because I'm bigger than you. I'm stronger yeah. than you, for sure. Yeah. But, I mean, next year you're 18. Yeah. And the world changes. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm just going, I have such limited time to teach you lessons. And I'm pushing him. And that's all that is going through my head. And then we, I make him sit inside. And then me and... We're talking to him, and Rachel and I have different approaches, and I think that's the beauty of mm-hmm. marriage. I am, you know, I've told you, I don't get very mad about things, but my kids make me very angry, uh-huh. and I can just, yeah, I just, all I want to do is yell at him, and then she's <laughs> like, let's talk to him rationally, 
And I'm, uh, yeah, you can you can try that. I'll be in the other room. See, I'm, I'm loving it because um, Matthew is two years old, and he you can really push him around at that. I age. can I can most of the time I can get the upper hand <laughs> yeah. pretty quickly, uh, but he he loves me so much, and I think that most of it. And Lynn pointed this out. She's like, yeah, because I'm around him all the time. He sees mm. me constantly, so he gets more sick of me. He he's not impressed by me. He doesn't think I'm cool. I come home. He runs up. He hugs me. He wants to be around me. He thinks everything you do is funny, and that's great. And I understand that'll fade in time because as he gets older, he's gonna you know I might become the more bad cop parent, and she'll be the good cop, and he might overall enjoy her company a lot more in the future. But I was thinking about what you just said about um, Eli being getting bigger. And I remember my younger brother is the same thing. It was like, he was always my kid brother. And then at some point he was taller than me, but he was skinny. So I go, yeah. I could still take you. And then at some point he was like, as he he looked ripped mm. and tall. And I was like, you might be a formidable opponent at this point. <laughs> I don't know if I could fully take you out. And then I realized both of my brothers were people who were bigger than me and they could probably... I mean, I don't know. But don't the one thing you have go. up on them right now is you're in a committed relationship. Yes, that is true. Hey, I'm married. Isn't you know that what? weird though? Like, there's like a social element as long as, as well as like a physical element. Yeah, you get surpassed in one area, but you're like, well, I mean, I'm in life though. I mean, I am married. Yeah. That is a that is a social currency. No, it is. It really is. And I think you don't. Sometimes people don't, especially this generation, younger generation, they don't realize how valuable it can be until they do it. Because I, I didn't. I, I size people up and down all the time. Yeah. I'm, I mean, that's what I do. Whether you know it or not, if you listen to this, now you know. But I look for wedding rings uh-huh. all the time. I'm looking at that. And it's not because I'm like, well, let me see if I'm interested in them. Right? I'm just going, I want to know. A that tells me a lot. Of, it tells me a lot about them. You yeah. Know? No, it's true. And I think that the wedding ring is something that I, in the beginning, I was like, oh, my God, I don't wear jewelry. I can't imagine wearing Jewelry, like a wedding ring, a wedding band. It's just, I, I don't imagine myself ever wearing it. And now I'm like, I feel weird without it. Mm. And I don't feel weird without it for any other reason than I go, it's just nice to have that. And it's just, it, it's a variable that's isolated for you. When people see you, they go, okay, gotcha. Yep. You're a married person. Uh, the other thing I'll say that is going to be interesting for you to navigate through, because you're a working person, mm-hmm. whenever you come home, I mean, my, I know my mom did this for my dad and Rachel does this a lot for me. Um, you know, we'll wait till your dad gets home and then you're going to get punished. And (laughs) I had to have the conversation early on that, babe, I'm not just going to be the person who comes home and all I get to do is punish my kids. Like I I have to have some enjoyment with them. Right. It's just like at work when people come to you and go, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here. Haven't seen you in a couple of days. Let me tell you all the things going on in the workplace. And I'm always like, you could handle most of that. (laughs) Why do you wait till I'm here to do that? Yeah, that's true. The good cop, bad cop thing. I think about that because that was my dad. My dad was very like the bad cop. My mom would be like, we'll call your dad right now. And I was like, not my dad. Don't, don't call him. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. I hated that. The You know, I loved, let me, I don't, I didn't love, but you got detention when you were younger. I liked detention better than the referral. The mm. referral was, we have to call your parents. And mm-hmm. I don't even know. I'm like looking back and I'm going, what What was that? I have to call your parents to tell you you got in trouble? Uh-huh. Uh, but detention, they didn't have to know about. I could I could serve detention, take the bus, let an hour yeah. bus home later, and uh, they wouldn't even know. Or, dude, stupidest class ever. And I wonder, as an adult, is this just like a somehow a way to save money in the school district? Um, study hall? what the frick is study hall? like i remember reading it on my first like high school class schedule and I go oh no this sounds bad and then i go and i go so we do nothing here all for two hours study okay. hall is detention yeah. isn't that the same thing yeah, that's is. the same thing it really is it's true i never thought about that oh it's a hundred percent because that's what you do in detention you can work on homework and all that too can't you yeah that's i mean true. i did so yeah, well, what i see I'm so out of date now that I go, I don't even know. I mean, because Zoom school was a big thing. Like, what is there they, Zoom detention? Yeah, is there Zoom detention? Go like, sit in that <laughs> corner and, and be on camera the whole time. And no Xbox. I yeah. see you. Yep. No Xbox. You know, it's funny. I don't even think, oh, it's weird. I don't know that my kids have ever gotten detention. I'm going to ask them after this, but I don't know that they ever have. Have they ever gotten in trouble? Mm, uh, not. I mean, not that I know of. If you could go back to the you of 18, 19 years ago, 
Would you give yourself any different advice? Would you advise yourself any differently in parenting? In parenting, like how or, I parent. or your marriage, I was going to say either or. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there were some times we went through a rough patch for sure, and Rachel made some statements that I did not agree with hundred percent. She's like, "You're not paying attention to me. You care more about work." Yada yada yada. Right? Yeah. And I was like, "You're being dumb. You're being stupid." And then I reflected that later and I look back at that time in life and I go, oh, yeah, I was 100% focused on work uh-huh. and I was 100% focused on extracurricular activities and I gave her zero attention. So she was right, yeah. but I wasn't having it then. Huh. Yeah. Was this a matter of months, a matter of years that years. you were? Years. Yeah. And how long did it take you after this number of years to figure out that you were, you were incorrect? Mm, I don't know. I mean, did, you, did you correct yourself pretty quickly or? Oh, okay. So oh, no. Took, no. Took a little while. Yeah. So you're lucky she hung in there with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm okay. Sure. Yeah. I'm lucky she hung in there with me. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting because you, for those who don't know, are my boss. And I think you advise me as much or more than anybody to live in the moment, you know, seize the moment, be present, be, you know, spontaneous. Like you're always encouraging me to do that. Smell the roses. Smell the roses. One of our other quotes. And I think my wife agrees with you very strongly with that because I think I'm a person who, as I've gotten older, I become more future oriented and that a hundred percent takes away from my here and now. And it's one of the things when you asked earlier in the podcast, like, what do you think about day to day? That is one of the things I think about too. It's not just, am I taking steps actively today towards a goal, but also like, am I actually enjoying what I'm doing today? Yeah, and not only that, like enjoying your moment with your kids. I didn't realize we we're going to talk about kids this much, but it's totally fine. My niece, you know, passed away at seventeen yeah. in a car accident. Random happened. It was super sad. Um, it was very tough for me and especially, um, you know, her family and my sister and um, and my brother in law and all them. One of the things he said to me, or or he said this, maybe it was at her funeral, and he said, you know. Um, Lexi used to play with the cabinets with her feet. My, my kids do this all the time. Uh-huh. They play with the stupid cabinets with their feet. And you, as a dad, are like, you're breaking the cabinets. Stop <laughs> doing that, right? Uh-huh. And he's like, I just wish I could tell my daughter to stop playing, playing with the cabinets. Uh-huh. Like, but he doesn't get to do that. And, hmm. and that resonated with me so much. And I, like, just, just earlier today... Eli was doing that same thing. And I looked at him and his feet were on the cabinets. Like he was going to step and break the drawer. And I didn't say anything to him. Cause I go, I get to enjoy that yeah. with him. And it puts things into perspective where you go, just enjoy everything that you get to do with your kids. Every time I'm playing football out with them in the yard, every time I play uh, NBA 2k with them on uh, Xbox or PlayStation, I'm just enjoying it. And it's probably because my niece passed away. I get, perspective yeah but it's hard to pass that along and go just enjoy every single moment you're with them yeah and that's why you have to live in the moment because it's very easy to go well this is what i'm working towards this yeah. is what i'm working towards i'm wor- this is what i'm working yeah. towards because that's what our society has focused us on but enjoying the moment yeah. now that we don't that passes by so quickly yeah that's true and i think that is a big sort of lesson that i'm learning right now is how to be okay that you're putting your, you know, stock away for the future at an adequate pace, but learn to live in the moment, like coming home and, you know, the me of even a year ago would be like, I come home, I put my bag down, I get into my workout clothes, I go out to the garage gym, I do a workout. And then if there's time left over, I do a little rolling around on the floor with Matthew and then we go put him to bed and then I go to sleep. And now I'm like, the workout can wait a little bit, right? Like, if it can wait because I'm not never get those years back. Yeah. I can never get those moments back and it means so much to him. So, so it's valuable. And you, you know, I recognize that now, but also remember with your wife too, because you know, we all get older and I know guys get more attractive as they get older and women don't, I know that's a super sexist comment, but it's fine. It's factual. And so just enjoy the moments with your wife too, because you're going to go, no, it's oh, true. wow, I have a very attractive wife at an attractive age right now. So I need to enjoy that. No, that's very true. That's a good point. And somebody who we know mutually, um, she said to me that she was like, my husband and I both put a high value on looking as good as we can 
you know, to some degree, because a, I, I recognize that it makes you feel better about yourself, which gives you confidence. Um, but B, it's a little bit my job to be attractive for my spouse and to continue and not just give up on that as time goes on. Yeah. And that resonated with me because I was thinking, yeah, I, I do want to look good for my wife and I know my wife wants to look good for me and I don't want to just let that go. I think we have to, uh, you know, not just feel that we look good, but then when we look in the mirror, <laughs> yes. actually look good. <laughs> Acknowledge the double chin and be like, I should work on that. Oh, I should work on that. Uh, and then leave the mirror and then go, no, I'm actually really uh, good looking grow a beard that'll work on that mm, that's awesome uh well i think that was good i i'm like that you talked a little bit more about kids that's because that's a huge part of marriage rather than mm-hmm. just marriage so you went a little bit off we may of, be working on kid number two soon by the way i'm excited oh uh, yeah yeah i know you are i can't wait till you announce that to me and go hey man guess what i'm pregnant and i'm not i'm pregnant but lynn's pregnant and i'm letting yeah, you name the kid 22 i might and, say i'm pregnant <laughs> I'm letting you name the kid, and uh, okay, the due okay. date is, you know, your birthday. Oh, so. Wow. Amazing. Yes. You know what? What, what part, will it take for me to get to name your kid? Part of me is very... It would take a lot. <laughs> Probably... Yeah, you know what? I would need to buy into this company. You know, I'll I'll sell you my kid's name. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you might need to talk to Lynn about that one. Yeah. That's what it would take. Chalupa Batman. <laughs> Sold. 10% minimum. <laughs> All right, well, I'm Marshall, and this is Aaron. Thank you for listening to the Opinion Against Podcast.